1: It's time for the B-A-Q-A-A, the B-A-Q-A-A, the B-A-Q-A, just Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, not Manday but but I still got you. Hey, so this is Brown ambition question and answers. You have questions. Although I might not have all the answers, I have some advice that you take with a grain of salt, but not really advice. It's just, I'm just sharing and you're going to lean into the professionals in your life, like your, I'm not your, um, your mama, your daddy. I'm not your financial advisor. I'm not your attorney, honey. I'm not your, uh, uh insurance agent, whomever. All right. So you're going to lean into them. Um, but you know, I'm just a smart brown girl that knows some brown girl things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so it goes to your grandma, not us. <laughs> All right. So if you have a question, um, that you want to submit a question about business, about personal finance, about, um, career money, um, go ahead on over to our Insta Brand ambition podcast. Um, and you can DM us or, and you can also email us by going to brand podcast.com and click contact us. Okay. All right. So let's get started. Two questions. Um, quick question from anonymous. I'm going to call you universal. she said, Hey ladies, quick question from anonymous. Thoughts on transferring funds from my kid's college fund, which is a 529 plan, into their index universal policy. Thinking I may get more bang for my buck, appreciate all that you do. Keeping amazing. Girl, uh, I first of all, I hate the fact that you have an index universal insurance policy. They got you good. Here's the thing. I'm going to take it from the word of um, get-go money. You know, my New York Times, that seller that has sold over 270,000 copies. And so I personally introduced if you have this book, go ahead on and turn to the Get, Get Good With Insurance chapter. And um, we're going to run on the page of two, 246 that I interviewed my, my financial advisor for this and other financial advisors, but especially Anjali. So um, there are two core types of insurance policies for all those listening, inclu- including Universal, who just hit me up, right? So term is for a specific term, um, number of years, you know, um, for example, a 30 year policy, um, or 20 year policy you can get for a specific term of time and term is traditionally cost less money than, um, the second type of policy, which is a permanent insurance policy often referred to as whole life or universal, which is what you shared now, whole life, um, it never expires. It's a policy for which you have monthly payments until your death, at which time your beneficiaries will see the full amount of the promised policy. You know, it's structured differently than term. Um, and so you get um, life insurance benefits. Um, you can also access the cash you put in. Um, now here's kind of like what they sell you on. Now here's the thing. I want you to take a step back on the surface. It's like, well, duh, I should get permanent because I want to keep paying. So that way my beneficiaries will get it even if I live past the 30 years. So on the surface, it seems like permanent or whole life universal sounds great. Now remember, I'm not telling you what to do. This is not financial advice. This is just what I'm doing for my life. A.K.A. child, don't play yourself. Now, term on the surface doesn't sound as great. Oh, it's only 30 years. But here's the thing insurance is not a money making tool. Fin to say it again. Insurance is not a money-making tool. It's a protection tool. But the life insurance companies have bamboozled, tricked, and lied to y'all to get you to look at life insurance as a potential money-making tool. Is not. Think about your car insurance. You make money off your car insurances. You don't. What about pet insurance? You mad that Fluffy is still alive? You make money off the, your pet insurance? You don't. What about home insurance? You make money off your home insurance? You don't. Insurance is there to protect you, not to make money off of. But they have figured out with life insurance how to trick you into thinking you should make money off of it. Here's the thing. High key, low key, you don't make no money off of. Even universal, there's no money to be made. So I'll give you an example. 40-year-old woman, non-smoker. Um, if she was going to get a thirty-year term policy, um, for about a million-dollar thirty-year term policy, about forty, you're she, looking at about forty or fifty bucks a month. That means within the thirty years, if she, between forty and seventy, if she passes away before she reaches seventy years old, fifty bucks a month is what she's going to be paying monthly, and then that million dollars will go to whoever her beneficiaries are. Those are the people that you sign out: your sister, your cousin, your mother, your kids, who went for your husband, your partner, whoever. Right? For about 40 to 50 bucks a month for a term 30 year policy for a healthy 40 year old woman. Guess how much a million dollar policy for Universal will cost you on average? About $740. You would have to pay an additional $700 a month. You know what? Y'all gonna make me mad. I'm gonna do the math. Child, I'm gonna do the math. Where's my calculator? This is how they be getting you, child. Seven, you're an insurance agent. Talking about, have' ah, ah, Tiffany, shut up, for real, because you guys should be ashamed of yourself. 700 times 12, 8,400, additionally a month that you'd have to pay just to get that same million dollar policy. K. Why? 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 That's ridiculous. You know, the only person that really benefits from a universal policy is the person selling it to you. They eat a good honey off you. That's why the agents be so mad when I be talking, go ahead, argue with your grandma, not me, because I blocks, honey. So you don't slide on my DMs with the, with the yang, yang, yang. Mm-mm. right? mm A 30-year policy is meant, a, a life insurance policy is meant to cover your working years. So y'all know my husband passed away. He had a life insurance policy, a few of them, through his job, but also he had an external one. Guess what? He was 41 years old. It covered his working years. And so now, because he's not here, he provided for myself and my stepdaughter, Alyssa, because that's what life insurance is supposed to be for. It would have expired when he was like 70 or 75. By then, Alyssa would be a grown woman, maybe with kids and a partner of her own. So certainly Life insurance at its bare core is supposed to provide for the people that you are currently providing for in your working years. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Life insurance is supposed to provide for the people you're currently financially provide for, providing for in your working years. Now, by the time, even if you get a 30-year policy when the baby is one years old, by the time the baby is 31, the, the, the thought is the child is working. The only time, there are a few times where, and maybe it makes sense, let's just say you have a child that has special needs and will always need to be taken care of. There might be some leeway there. But for the average person, a 30-year policy is plenty. It's affordable because 60% of people don't even pay the full universal because it's so expensive. It's the first thing to go. People say, oh, I got 40 bucks a month to keep up my million dollar policy, even though I lost my job. But people say, I don't have 740 bucks a month, even though I lost my job. So they get to keep all that money. Okay. 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 So... Here's some things I wrote in the book, right? If the insurance broker says permanent life insurance acts like a tax deferral because you put the money in and you can essentially take out tax free loan for um, a tax free loan for the amount. What you need to know that is while it's true, it doesn't mean it's the best way for you to get a tax deferral. Make sure you're already taking advantage of all the pre-tax deferral accounts that are available to you, like a 401k or IRA. Um, IRA is an individual retirement account. Um And so a permanent life insurance policy is not the only tax planning strategy, nor is it the best. And it's probably the most expensive. If the insurance broker says it's building value because it has cash value, you need to know that there are better ways to build your wealth. Do some quick math. What's the difference between what you would pay for a term policy for a year um, versus the permanent policy? In this example, $700 a month, $8,400 a year. What would you do if you put that into the stock market? Here's the thing. Listen to me closely. According to Consumer Reports, the average annual rate of return for a whole life guaranteed cash value. This is a very popular type of um, permanent life insurance policy is 1.5 percent. Did you hear what I said? The rate of return. Child. Child. You could just put your money in a savings account and they're going to give you more. If you're currently listening to this in 2000, in February, 2024, I think mine is like 4% or four and a half, four and a half percent. So that cash value, they'd be telling you, oh, cash value, cash value, cash value. is basura. If you're my Spanish friend, you know, I say garbage 1.5%. And that's not, I didn't say that. Don't be mad at me. Consumer reports said it—that that that is the average rate of return. 1.5% says all that money that you're putting up for 1.5%. Meanwhile, the market in the last 30 years had yielded on an average 7% to 8%. And in the last 100 years, 10%. So you could have taken that $700, $7, $700 monthly, put it into the market and got on a, a, a conservative 7% return over the next 10 years or so. So, but you want your 1.5% because it's cash value. Mm, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. And so I made a mistake. Um, I said before that 60% of people don't pay. That's not true. Um, according to the society of actuaries, 45% of whole life insurance policy holders surrendered their policy, which means stop paying within the first 10 years. Ooh, that means about half of the people with the most popular type of permanent policies, whole life pay all these big premiums and never see a return. Chow? Why? You know, um, you'll hear like insurance brokers will say something like you'll have this benefit that you can provide to your children, no matter what, even if you don't have other assets, they get this life insurance policy from you. But you need to know that this guarantee comes at a significant cost that for most people doesn't make sense because your children are here. Now you want that $700 for them later or now monthly, you know what I mean? Like you'd be putting that money up, you know, like, so I just want you to understand that. Like um, for you, universal that, you know, I see you already have a universal life insurance policy for your kids. Consider term life insurance. Um, now here's the thing. In life insurance is certainly a way for you to pass on wealth. So let's just say you've done all the other things. You've maximized your 401k, you know, maybe you have a Roth, you know, um, you're investing in the market. You're doing all these other maximizing things when it comes to your money because you sat down with financial advisor and then you've done all the things and you're like, OK, I want to leave wealth to my family. Like, for example, when my husband was here, um, I had a um, I, I have I saw my term policies and my financial advisor asked me if I wanted to cancel them because now he's not here. And there are multiple seven figures. And I said, no, because the cost is nominal to me for the years, maybe like, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars a year, not a month, a year. And it would leave my current family with multiple seven figures. That's going to go to a trust and the trust will dispense it to my current family. Now I don't have to do that because guess what? I am not financially taking care of my sisters and my nieces and my nephews, you know, but it is a way to pass along wealth. I'm only continuing to pay the 1500 to 2000 dollars annually because Anjali, my financial advisor said, you don't have to because Jarrell's not here and essentially it was for him. I've already set aside money for Alyssa. She's good, right? Um, But because I've already maximized every other area, to me, it's worth it as an additional way to pass on wealth to my family. Now that's after doing the other things. Does that make sense? That like life insurance can certainly help you pass along wealth that you don't have access to. Candidly, my husband never made over $60,000 a year, but he was able to leave a good amount of money for myself and Alyssa through life insurance. But even then he had term because it would have taken away from our daily life, the cost of universal whole life. So I said all that amount this to say, child, keep that money in that from five twenty nine plan. And, um, you know, um, because you want to be careful because 529 is also our tax advantage plan. So if, before taking that money out, you want to make sure that it's taken out in a way that's not going to trigger um, taxes for you, um, because it, it is a tax advantage plan. Um, and if you are thinking about taking the money out because you want it to like be in some sort of like, um index fund or something like that. Like you can consider something called a custodial account. Um, a custodial account is the kind of account that I have for my nieces and nephews. So I put money in there and, and Alyssa too. I put money in their account. That's how I'm paying for college for her is that it's not a 529. Cause I don't know what school to look like. Cause my oldest nephew is eight. So instead of custodial account, basically it's like an investment account specifically where it can be used any kind of way, but it's not tax advantaged but I'm willing to do that cause I don't know what school is going to look like. The youngest niece is a million. No, Mimi is six. That means, um, L- Lily is five. Right. So I don't know what school is going to look like in like 12 years or whatever. Um, but I saw, so I have custodial accounts for them. Um, so yeah, like, you know, there are, this is why asking for help. And I'm so glad you, you wrote in anonymous. It's really important when it comes to your personal finances, because you want to make sure that you're maximizing your money, you know, like, It is certainly we're here to look after our future, but not completely at the cost of our current life now, you know, and that's a really big price to pay uh, for very little payoff. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Okay, All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. I'm going to take my second question.
0: Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Just visit squarespace.com/brownambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So, what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank.
1: Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. All right. So I've got an email from girl. You didn't say to keep your name anonymous, but I feel like it's a little personal. So I'm gonna call you Lily. Okay. Lily. Lily said, hi, Tiffany and Mandy. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for your financial insight each week. I've been separated from my partner since May, 2023. We have been living separately since then and our three-year-old a child, or, or, or oh, and our three children have been living with me. I cover pretty much all of the expenses for our children. His contributions have been minimal, and I will be moving forward um, with getting a divorce this year. Okay. Fortunately, I have been blessed to have a stable job as a physician. Okay, girl, get money, honey. And financially, I believe and I'm in, I'm in a good place. Oh, this is good. She said, I make over $250,000 a year. I love that for you, smart sis, Dr. Lili. I need to update it. We're we going to call you a Dr. Lili. Dr. Lili says, my partner used to take care of our taxes and we shared expenses when we were together. Now that that that's no longer the case, I'm wondering if I should look into getting a financial advisor and accountant to help me navigate things on my own and file my taxes. Thank you for your input and advice. Dr. Lily, honey. So first of all, yes, if you are ready for that divorce, go ahead, child, you know, Um, because you want to make sure that, you know, when you're married, your finances are combined. And I don't know what your partner's finances are, but it seems like they're, they're not helping you. With the children so that gives me a little indication That I don't know where they stand financially And they might be racking up debt which could be Y'all's debt um, If you don't you know, Remove yourself Um, But I know divorce is not easy so I'm certainly not Advocating uh, for divorce do what's best For you but just being mindful that there are financial Ramifications with that Being said you said Should I get um, look into Getting a financial advisor yes Dr. Leely I actually have a website called um. oh, what is it called? Oh, yourmoneymatch.com. I partner with this organization that helps to match you for free to a financial advisor. You're going to fill out a bunch of questions at yourmoneymatch.com and it's going to give you up to three potential financial advisors that you're going to interview. Now, here's the thing. The reason why I'm not giving you the organization's name directly, they hate that I'm doing do it, but I don't care. I'm not thinking about them thinking about you. Because when you go to yourmoneymatch.com, before you get matched, I will give you the questions to ask, uh, like a document to fill out so you're ready. So this is a document that I filled out when I was looking for my financial advisor and I found her, Anjali. Like I created a document called Your So-Called Financial Life that gave her an idea of who I am financially. I submitted it to her and a bunch of people ahead of time so we could have a an educated conversation about who I was financially, what my goals and hopes and dreams are. So I give you that, you um your... Um, my so-called financial life document. Um, I give you the questions to ask them what to look out for. You do the quick quiz, which is literally just a few minutes. Then they're going to send you an email of like up to three financial advisors that might be a fit. And you're going to interview them to make sure that they're fit. And if not, go back, take the quiz again, get some new people. And so that's why I won't give you the name of the company directly, because I, I told them I need to be in the middle of that. And they just told me the other day, which I'm so happy about that the people that go to yourmoneymatch.com, she said that you guys have been showing up so ready. The questions that you've been asking, the fact that you know your numbers. I said, I know. That's why I wanted to get in the middle because I don't want to just fling you to the streets and say, oh, go talk to a financial advisor. How? What should you be looking for? Like I, for example, Anjali is not only a certified financial planner, which is critical, it's a difference between just a regular financial advisor. That's the gold standard, a certified financial planner. And the organization that I connect you to only has certified financial planners. Not only does she have that, she's also a CPA, a certified public accountant. For me, a business owner, that was critical. Everybody don't need all that. I pay Anjali good money because not only does she advise me on the money side of the Tiffany side, but also on the budget needs side. A business. So it might be an overkill for someone, but not for me. And so it's not enough for me to like, Oh, go, you know, work with Anjali. No, you want a financial advisor, a certified financial planner that matches you. You might find someone who navigates um, folks who are going through divorce Like for example, Anjali, actually her husband is a physician and a lot of her clients are physicians that have their own practices. So she does a lot of small businesses and physicians. Um, She does high net worth individuals. So I share all that to say that it's not one size fit all when it comes to financial planners. That's why I said yourmoneymatch.com. It's totally free to get matched. Financial advisors are not free, but it is totally free to get matched. Um, And like I said, all the resources I give you to find the right match, I give those away for free. Okay. Um, and so, yes, you should absolutely, um, I think, at least have a chat with a financial advisor. Um, a lot of people are anti-financial advisor. Um, I don't believe in having a financial advisor. They're going to be mad at me, this organization. I don't care. You're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of me. I don't believe in call financial advisors that, did, that do AUM, Assets Under Management, What does that mean? That means they manage your assets. Say, let's just say you have you give them one hundred thousand dollars to manage. They'll take a percentage, usually about one percent and ends up being way too expensive over the life. I like financial advisors that I pay them a lump sum, whether it's monthly, annually or whatever, or just one time. So financial advisors that do that. Let's just say I say, oh, I want a financial plan. And they said, okay, plans are usually between Twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. They give you the plan. You work the plan. Boom, you're done. Versus you, you. By the time a financial advisor takes one percent, which doesn't sound like much, it actually combines to basically typically eat up almost all of your gains. No, I don't believe AUM. So that's just my my two cents. And I don't believe in, in navigating financial advisors that take AUM. A lot of my friends don't believe in financial advisors at all because they're like, you can put it into. um an, an ETF or, or, a money market not a money market, um, a mutual fund and make, you know, just basically, um, uh, pick an index fund that man, that, um, navigates how the market navigates. So the S and P 500 top 500 companies, you can literally choose an index fund, put the money in there and what the market does, your money does. And the market on the last 30 years has returned about 8% or more, you know? Um, so you don't need a financial advisor to do that. That's what they would argue. But as someone who lost their spouse, I will say I am so grateful I had a financial advisor because Anjali, it wasn't just about here's what you do with your money. A really good financial advisor is holistic. Before jor passed away, because it was an aneurysm, so it was really sudden, Anjali asked for all of our financial paperwork. He had a pension at work. We had life insurance policy. We had all this stuff. Anjali looked at all of our insurances, everything. A good financial advisor doesn't sell insurance. Sorry for those people who are mad at me. Kick rocks because y'all be overselling people stuff that they don't sell insurance. They don't sell anything, just information. Just, Hey, Tiffany, here's what I suggest. Anjali would say, Hey, Tiffany, you are underinsured. You need to get more insurance. Go talk to your insurance company who I'm not connected to and ask for this type of insurance. She don't get paid on the back end for that. Because whoever he who pays the piper determines the tune. What does that mean? That means if Anjali got money from the insurance company, she going to do what they want. Anjali gets paid by me. So she do what I want. That makes sense. So I don't want nobody who's getting no back end money from like people that they're upselling me to. That's how them doctors, you know, like all those um, pharmaceutical. Um, um um. One of my friends used to be like the pharmaceutical um, reps you know they be getting the doctors all these free stuff and the doctor got you on lycopene from all this stuff meanwhile you got a, a stomach ache cuz the doctor getting some kickback y'all know y'all be doing that not you not you doctor lele i'm sure you're great but i'm saying i know you know how you have some doctor friends that be writing all them prescriptions you know and so he who pays the piper who is paying your financial advisor you i pay Anjali monthly on a one year um um Uh, what's it called? It cost me one year and I pay her a lot because she does me and the budget needs to so high end, which is 50. I think I pay her like $15,000 a year. That's a lot on the typically low end, lower end. You're looking at about $5,000 a year, you know, but then you could also pay hourly, which a friend of mine just meets with her financial advisor, you know, like twice a year and she pays hourly and you could just pay for a project. Like help me create this, whatever plan. And maybe that's like $1,500. So, pay upfront, no AUM. These are just like, you know, like I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm just saying what I did. Um, and you know, like use the free tools that I've given you to help map out the right person. Um, and filing your taxes. Like, you know, I don't know how, if you have your own business or as a physician, whatever. Um, but yes, having like, you know, not no H and R blocks. Sorry. I'm sorry. They was ever going to sponsor us, but don't do that. (laughs) Go ahead to like, a. Regular accountant, and yes, you let them file your taxes. Taxes usually be about maybe between 600 to to $1,000 to have your taxes filed. Because um, you just want to make sure you have all your stuff in, in a row. So asking for help is never a bad thing. Sometimes it does cost to pay for it. Okay. Um, and yeah. So, you know, girl, you know, you know, you're in the next stage of your life. You know, take care of you and your beautiful babies. Dr. Lele, we'll see you in these financial streets. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy. That's a song. Some of y'all are too young. If you want our advice and you think I'm smarty, come on, lady, let me know. I edit it for y'all. Go ahead on over to Brown Abition Podcast on um on uh, IG or dot Podcast.com. Click contact us. You can ask your questions there. Questions about money, career, business, entrepreneurship. Finance, honey, career, oh, that's a career, even your life, honey, you might want some life advice. I don't know all the things, but I know some things until next week. Oh, before I leave, can you please, 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 if you found any use for Wednesday's episode, want to talk about the, the benefits of building community or this episode, share it with a friend. Okay. Sharing is caring. We want our podcast to grow. We want more sisters to find us. Brothers too. We don't turn nobody around. Sisters, how y'all feeling? Brothers, y'all all all right? Um, And please leave us a review um, wherever you listen to the podcast. That helps for us to get um, more people listening. All right. Until next week. Bye, y'all. And send your love to Mandy too. Bye, y'all.